Welcome back. How are we today? How are you doing, Shireen? I've got my cup of coffee and I am going to nail today. <laughs> boom, boom. We both had really? coffee and we both had, had chocolate. At least I have. I had like half a mm. thing of Cadbury's. We're feeling good. Other chocolate brands are available. <laughs> Ready to talk to you about your purpose in life. Boom, boom. Okay, right. <laughs> so today we're talking about finding your place. Um, and do you know what? I'm like really passionate about today's episode. So just a bit of a warning. I might be getting on the height, high horse. She might rant. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> she never know. And um, I, I just think this is so important because I massively believe we all are valuable. We all have a place in the world. But finding our place can be so hard. Um, so ultimately, I hope that at the end of this episode, you have hope. <laughs> um, <laughs> despite some of the stuff maybe we mentioned and, and talk about. But as ever, we want to start with a would you rather. Mm. So Shireen, would you rather... You create space for others or redefine space for others? Well, I feel like you should answer this first. Give us some context. What do you mean by that? Okay, so I'm not talking about the physical space. You know, I'm five foot two. So I take up less space than, say, my husband. Me. not five foot two. I'm not talking about physical space. I'm talking about space where it's like the metaphorical space that we take up in the world. Um, the place where people affirm us, the, it's our existence as people, where we go, what we do. Is that affirmed? Is it encouraged? Or is it kind of shut away, pushed back, that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. So my question is more about, you know, would you like to create space for people, i.e. create space where people feel encouraged to be who they are, to grow their giftings? Or would you like to redefine space? So some of the spaces where people are really restrictive. Um, so examples of that would be, you know, Places where racism has said to people, you're not good enough. You can't have the same opportunities as me. Um, Places where women haven't been valued as equal individuals, as men. You know, those would be some examples of redefining space as places where they're still challenged. Does that make more sense? Yeah, I think so. So which which do you feel more? Oh, yeah, you're asking me. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, which do you feel more called to? Well, ah. Can I say both? Is that allowed? No. <laughs> it's a would you well, rather. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I hopefully believe that by the end of my life, I hopefully will have created some space for people. However, I'm massively passionate about redefining space for people, particularly young women, particularly women, where that hasn't been the case. And actually, mm-hmm. you know what? This is exactly why diamonds exist. We exist to empower and support young women to live lives transformed by following Jesus. This is about exactly this, about redefining space, about helping young women to learn to believe in themselves as individuals called by God for a life of meaning and purpose. And there we mm. go on it. So yeah, yeah I'd want to redefine space, I think. Very good. Because redefining, I, um, space, sorry, redefining space for others helps them create space for people in their lives. Hmm. No, yeah. No, I think that is that does really, it defines diamonds really well. And a lot of what you're passionate about. I think for me, I like this feeling of creating space for others. I've always liked to think that people could um, be weird around me, if that makes sense. You know, (laughs) if you, (laughs) there's some people who you feel like you have to hide your weirdness away. And if you have a dumb joke to make or something silly to, you know, your silly dance to perform, you know, you can't do it in front of certain people, but you know what? In front of Sheree Young, you dance your silly dance and you tell your weird joke because I want to create that space for people to just be who they are no matter what. So that's that's sort of a 
a value for me, I suppose. <laughs> well, that's so good to know that I'm allowed to dance in front of you. I mean, no. I'm challenged when it comes to dancing, so. Do all your silly dances. Now, um, our next question that we always start with is who's on your crew? If your life is a boat headed towards your purpose, your ultimate meaning, then we want people in our boats who are going to help us along the way. And who is that for you? Who's helping impact your purpose, your meaning in life? Um, Now, uh, my first few people were C.S. Lewis, the author, big influence on me. Next was my grandpa, Leon, who's someone I really deeply respected and still, um, you know, still someone who really defines what purpose means for me, especially as a Christian. Third was my mom. No explanations there. Mom is awesome. (laughs) I should say mom because that's she's American. Uh, And I think my next person is going to be another author who I've gotten into a bit more recently, and that's Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, Now, if you haven't ever (laughs) heard of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I don't blame you, a little bit random and German. Um, He's awesome. He is like a hero of my faith. Yeah, he is. He's a a hero for me too. And I think actually, you know, the the big splash of his life was that he was um, in the underground church in Germany during uh, the Nazi regime. And he uh, actively stood against the Nazis throughout his ministry. Um, But the more you read into the details of his life, I'm just so inspired by all the little choices that got him to these big choices. You know, ultimately he was arrested and executed um, by the Nazis for his, for dissenting, you know, for being a part of this dissenting church. Um, He sort of started a church in Germany called the Confessing Church that stood against the powers of the time. I mean, all of that is so inspiring, so difficult. You know, it's easy to like think of it as a movie and like, oh, I would do the same thing, but would you? Like that is so hard. He really stood against the powers of his time. Um, but there were so many, so many little choices along the way that got him there. And that's what inspires me. You can see from his family life, from his education, from some of his travels, he, he you know, ministered around the world in America and in Spain. And that's what inspires me is seeing the, the whole trajectory of his life. I would love to have him in my boat. Recapping <laughs> all the good ones. Uh-huh, sorry. What about you, Bridget? Okay, well, I feel like our, our boats are going to, like, hang out at some point together. So, you know. Uh, there's, we're sailing side by side, Bridget. So, do you know, actually, the person in my boat today would be my dad. Um, and um, my dad is just awesome. Like, he has never, like, he hasn't got all of life right, but that's okay. He's somebody mm-hmm. who, for me, has modeled owning stuff. And then as a result, it's willing to do something about it. And that is what has defined his relationship. It's also what has defined his relationship with me. Um, he is somebody that I trust. He's somebody that I can go to. But do you know what? Like, he, he, he's also been my biggest champion. Like, just even like when we planted the church that we planted last year, like he's been part of that journey for the last couple of years. And he always called out the vision. He always called out the best, particularly when I kept doubting myself. Mm-hmm. And then, do you know, like, it's really sweet, like with, you know, doing church online like he logs in every single week and listens and then will send me a message every single week always full of like a million emojis um <laughs> and like that's so nice that's so encouraging though. That's um wonderful. and like oh like he sent me a message the other week just being like I'm so proud of you 
you've achieved stuff I never thought you like I never thought would like happen but in like a really positive way and I just sat there like bawling my eyes out and I just felt so <laughs> affirmed by him and but he's somebody who has seen the place um in terms of creating space for me and he's done mm-hmm. everything he possibly can to help me inhabit the space I meant to inhabit and it's it, it's been amazing um and so it's just super soppy like oh my dad and I don't, I know that not everybody has good positive relationships with their fathers. And, you know, that's a really hard topic to talk about. But for me, I've been really fortunate and I've had an amazing relationship with my dad. But he's, yeah. particularly with this subject, he's created space for me. Um, and it's thanks to his encouragement that I guess I'm walking in some of the things that um, I guess God has brought into my path. So, um, yeah. so that's all for me. God. Oh, that's heartwarming, Bridget. Heartwarming. Wait, Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> okay so today uh, before I start crying um so today we're talking about finding your place and um like you know do you have a place like do you feel like you have a place in the world um Mm. and like it's often to feel it often is really hard to feel like there is a space for us a place for us um even with our own families with our friendship groups with schools and communities we feel like oh for me to belong here my life has to look like this or for me to belong in this family I need to fit in with this and this or for me to be part of this friendship group I have to look like this or act like this and what that inadvertently does to us it tells us that unless we fit that mold we're not good enough somehow so we try and then condition ourselves to fit that mold and the thing is actually we Mm -hmm. do this subconsciously without even realizing it and it's often not until we find ourselves in key situations and key points in our life that we realize that we have been trying to I guess, fit ourselves into a shape and a space that's actually not who we are. And it's Mm. because we felt like there isn't a place for us in the world. And, you know, sometimes we've grown up in environments where we are celebrated for who we are. And I pray and I hope that my children will always know they're celebrated for who they are, their character, their their goofiness, their craziness. Um, It's beautiful and created by God. I want to try and create an environment where they know that. But that's not always the case, is it? You know, sometimes we aren't brought up in environments with the fact that the very people we are sometimes isn't celebrated. Sometimes it's like the very opposite. It's rejected. It's, it's, it's being told that it's not good enough. And what happens is we then feel like we somehow want to reduce the space we take up. Sometimes that's literally physically. We don't. We want to take up less space. Or we withdraw from certain groups of people. Or we withdraw from situations and circumstances or we then redefine ourselves to try and be somebody we're not because we're trying to find a place for ourselves in the world that is accepted. And the problem with that is that ultimately we're all going to find ourselves in our lives at some point in places where we're not welcome, in conversations where we're rejected. Um, and it's rubbish, it's not nice, but it's actually just a fact of life. And I think particularly as we follow Jesus, there's going to be times where do you know what? They're not going to like what we've got to say. And Jesus was somebody who ultimately models that, you know? Mm. Lots of the places he went to, they rejected him. I mean, ultimately, it cost him his life. Bonhoeffer, it cost him his life. So, you know, do you have a place in the world? The answer is yes. But sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes we have to fight for that place. Um, And there's a journey with that. And I think, you know, you've got some stuff that you're going to share on that as well. But I think that, you know, the one other thing I want to highlight is your place is really important, but sometimes we have to clear a lot of debris out of the way, you know, metaphorically mm-hmm. speaking, to even find that place for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's yeah. hard. 
Well, going deeper into it too, we, um, when we think about our place in the world, that's, you know, often our feelings about that um, go back to, as Bridget has been saying, our home life, our history, there's going to be situations that maybe made you feel that you didn't have a place, you didn't belong, or who you were wasn't accepted. And so we need to sort of analyze those feelings, um, because how you've been treated in the past or the impact in the past definitely impacts your future. And the positive is true too. If you've had situations where you were celebrated and affirmed, you really felt you had a place that you belonged, well, then you can go into the future and you carry that with you, you know? So let's say, for example, you have a home life where you really are celebrated. You know that your family affirms you, you have a place that makes you a more confident person when you go off to uni. That makes you a more confident person when you get your first job. But the opposite, sadly, ends up being true. If you haven't been affirmed by your family, if you are in a situation where you just feel you don't belong, then all of a sudden you're less sure of yourself at school. You're less sure of yourself and you don't feel you have a place at uni. So we just want to flip that on its head. You know, when we talk about finding our meaning, finding our purpose in life, uh, we need to go deeper than our history and let God redefine that. We need to let God empower us so that we always know, no matter what, that we belong, that we have a place, that we have a purpose, and we don't let the past, we don't let situations define that for us. And Bridget, I think you had some great things to say about that empowerment. Yeah. And I think, so the big thing about empowerment is like, that is a very thing about what we exist as an organization. And we want to empower young women to live in their full potential following Jesus. I think part of that's also recognizing like sometimes where we have been disempowered or where we feel disempowered and understanding why that is. We haven't got time to really go into that today. You know, but sometimes it's literally just something simple as we haven't seen examples of who we are ahead of us. So without mm-hmm. realizing, we either think that the, the dream in our heart or the thing that we're excited about isn't an option because we haven't seen it ahead of us, or we are looking to see that leader, that person ahead of us who is doing something like we want to do and we don't see it. So we automatically presume that there's not permission there for us to be that person. And so that can be really disempowering to the very person that God has called us to be. Equally, we can maybe see one person doing that. You know, it's like the example where you've got a board of directors and one person's a woman. So it's like, oh, well, they've got their token women. Or Mm. even like, I'm just naming it here, a youth work conference event. They've got their one woman speaker. Oh, well, that (laughs) woman speaker position's taken up. Or, you know, it's maybe a situation where you've got three speakers invited and it's been approached from a sex position. So it's like, oh, well, you know, we'll have two men, but we'll have the token women. Well, why not have two women and one men? Or how about, actually, we don't even have, need to have that conversation. And sadly, that's not the, the reality yet. And so all mm. these situations have a ripple effect of disempowerment, which is something that I'm very passionate about changing. Um, so actually, you know, as we look to be empowered, it's actually about us learning how Jesus interacts with us. How does Jesus respond to who we are? What does that say about the character of God? I want to really, really quickly highlight a book that I recently read called Ready to Rise by a woman called Jo Saxton. She talks about this and it's really, really great. It's, um, she's got a really way, a way of words and how she talks about this, but it really impacted me to think about, it's really important that we're not just empowering ourselves, but others around us. You know, we're not called to be in competition with each other. Do you know what? Like if God has created every single purpose in our lives and he's created every single person, which he has, 
then there's place for Cherie and there's a place for Bridget. We're not in competition with each other and we don't have to mm. be in competition with each other. And this disempowerment, it actually propels us into being um, in competition. And that's not a value of the kingdom. That's a value of the world. And it's something that we don't need to, we don't need to be in. And so I think a lot of empowerment is realizing we're not in competition with each other. And that actually, you know, we need to create landscapes that create space for ourselves, but also others. Um, hmm. And so, you know, how does God view the space you take up? He sees as valuable and important and he doesn't want it to be changed. He doesn't want it to be amended to fit in with someone else's agenda. And needs to go with who he is, you know? Um, yeah. So can you read me Luke um, 12, um, 6 to 7 for me, Sheree? Definitely. And this is something that really, I think, helps define that, you know, that space, that empowerment that we have. It says, God cares for you. What's the price of two or three pet canaries? Uh, some lose <laughs> some lose change, right? They're worth a penny or two. But God never overlooks a single one. He pays even greater attention to you down to the last detail, even numbering the hairs on your head. So don't be intimidated intimidated by all this bully talk you're worth more than a million canaries sometimes we don't feel that we have that worth that we belong but God sees us more than the sparrow we're worth so much more to him he cares for you right and that's not just a little platitude you know not something to just make you feel good but God truly knows and cares about you he has created you to be who you are and to walk into your own destiny right into your own purpose and so we need to grasp hold of that that he's created a space for us and we're not unwanted we're not you know um just taking up space we have a purpose that god has for us to fulfill um so for next steps on this topic we want to really you know change the way we view ourselves we need to start viewing ourselves as god does um (laughs) and bridget put a note in here that we need to change our glasses prescription which actually i might i wear glasses i might actually need to do that sometimes we're not seeing clearly right we don't see ourselves clearly and we want to step into you know, we want to step into clearer vision of who we are and what Jesus has for us. And so are there areas of our lives day by day that we maybe need to see clearer in to be prompted to change? Um, are you not valuing yourself in the right way? Are there areas where you just, you don't feel that you belong? You know, you're shrinking. And I like that uh, picture of, that Bridget gave us. I remember when I used to walk into my high school that I literally sometimes felt like I was trying to shrink into myself, yeah. you know, <laughs> like hunch your shoulders. Don't look at me. I don't want anyone to see me. That is not who God has for you to be. And you don't have to be a big extrovert dancing down the hallway. But at the same time, God doesn't want you to shrink so that no one can see you. You know, he wants you to be full of empowerment and confidence in who you are so that you don't, you know, uh, you don't feel you have to <laughs> put yourself down, I suppose. I and we want people. Yeah. Sorry. I was just going to say, and we need to have people around us that help do that for us. Are there people who make you feel like you need to shrink down into yourself or are there people that are empowering you and specifically empowering you to live out your life in Christ, right? Sometimes empowerment takes the form of, yeah, you know, do whatever you want to do. Go be crazy. I don't know. Ah, you know, it's not always healthy 
but some, but the kind of empowerment we need is in God is in who Christ has for us to be. So that's what we want you guys to, to think about this week. Yeah. Really, really Mm -hmm. good. Like how do we create communities that empower us? Mm -hmm. We can't empower other people unless we ourselves are empowered. Mm -hmm. So it starts, it actually starts in our own backyard in our own life. So guys, we hope today's episode has encouraged you to work more closely with Jesus and has challenged you to realize that there is a place for you in the world that is created just for you. And we want to empower you to walk into that silly. So until Mm -hmm. next time, bye for now. Bye.